0: Fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Friends of the Simon Wiesenthal Centre say that with the rising tide of racism and anti-Semitism in Canada, the annual Freedom Day event is more important than ever. 3,500 students from across Ontario are being brought together to inspire them to stand up for freedom, democracy and human rights. Freedom Day is dedicated to preserving the legacy of Holocaust survivor and Nazi hunter Simon Wiesenthal. Speakers today... Today are addressing issues of rights and responsibilities in both a local and global context, which can be carried back to the classroom and used as motivation for creating positive change at school and in the community. Max Eisen is a survivor of the Holocaust. He's also a passionate speaker and educator who works with the Holocaust Center, the Simon Wiesenthal Center and the Center for Diversity. Max, welcome to Fight Back. Thank you. Tell us your story.
2: I'm sorry? Can you
1: tell us your story from uh, the days of the Holocaust, the Second World War?
2: Well, how long, uh, how much time do I have? I
1: know, I know. We, we could talk about it for hours.
2: Well, it was um, a war against the Jews, started by a supremacist Nazi ideology in Nazi Germany, um, where anyone... Uh, with uh, physical features, racial features. Religious beliefs was to be simply eliminated. And uh, we in European Jewry, we knew that we were in great danger. And I lived in Czechoslovakia and Czechoslovakia was the first victim of Nazi Germany. It was partitioned. Uh, and the part of Slovakia where we lived, was we were given to Hungary, which was a fascist country allied with Nazi Germany. And uh, so uh, my world changed. I mean, the world changed, whereas Jews in this part of the uh, meant that our Slovak bureaucracy um, police and uh, teachers had to leave, and they were replaced by Hungarian gendarmes, teachers who were anti-Semitic, and they brought with them the racial laws. And we were systematically removed from everyday life Mm step-by-step. The racial laws were... um, um, They took away our livelihood. My father's business was confiscated. Young men from 18 to 45 had to report to labor battalions. And um, and, um, our bicycle and radio had to be taken down to town hall. So you see how we lost our freedom. And you have to learn to live with what you've got and what you have to do. And every day they keep typing the screws. And um, I was, um, we had to wear a yellow star. We were a marked people. I was thrown out of school when I was solving a hat. And um, from there on, I went to the school of hard knocks. My maternal family who lived in Slovakia, they were deported in 1942 to a terrible death camp called Majdanek in occupied Poland. Never heard from them again. And Hungarian Jews, our turn came in 1944. Um, we were celebrating Passover, telling the story of the exodus of the ancient Israelites. Little did we know that the next morning the gendarmes we we'll rip us out from our home at 6 o'clock in the morning. They said, you have two minutes to pack a bundle we're taking away. Um, if you have any money or jewelry, hand it over. Because where you're going, you're going to have no need of this. This is 1944. We Hungarian Jews did not know of what was happening again across the Carpathian Mountains. In occupied Poland the Jews were killed by the millions, not knowing is a terrible thing. We were deported. Put into cattle cars. A hundred people and I could talk about three days of what it's like to be squeezed into cattle cars. Yeah. Three days in a row and delivered in Auschwitz. Selected my family were taken into the gas chamber. My mother with her three children, my two little brothers and my baby sister and my grandparents and my aunt. My father, uncle, and Ivy we were selected for slave labor. <clears throat> and my life as a slave laborer began working for the Nazi Reich. They were given a tattooed number and striped office, we were no longer human beings. And I was incarcerated for one year. I was in Auschwitz for nine months, three months. Um, in January 12th, 1945, we were taken on a death march. Um, my father and uncle were selected out in July the night, 1944 for medical experiments, never to be seen again. My father had only seconds, gave me a blessing and he told me that if I managed to survive, I must tell the world what happened here. I was devastated. I was alone at 15 and a half. And um, then I <clears throat> had a beating by an ass's guard. I lost a lot of blood. I was taken to the surgery. There was a surgery simply because it was part of the Nazi deception. They brought in the International Red Cross to show them that, look, we take good care of our workers. But if you couldn't walk away, we were taken to the gas chamber. And as they, I was loaded, a Polish surgeon or the chief surgeon, a Dr. Tadeusz Ozeczko. He took me off the stretcher, and brought me into the prep room of the surgery and uh, gave me a lab coat and I became the cleaner. And I did that for the next, uh, I was approximately six months, and he saved my life.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, had he not done this, that wouldn't have been a story. So uh, Dr. Tadejia Zeshko survived, and um, I was liberated on May sixth, 1945. Was truly the last, you know, our <clears throat> life was... You know, we were dying by the thousands the last month in this camp called Ebensee in Austria. Typhus was killing us by the thousands. They they locked the camp, they they wouldn't give us any water, there was no medicine, of course. And I was liberated on May the 6th by an American tank unit. And uh, I was liberated, but was I free? You know, it took me a couple of months to be able to get around, and then they took us back to Czechoslovakia, the Americans. And um, coming home, I knew there won't be anybody there, but I know where else to go. Right. It was very difficult to pick up the pieces. You know, you come back. You were away for only a year, and a lot of things have changed. How do you pick up the pieces, you know?
1: We're speaking with Max Eisen, survivor of the Holocaust. The story you've just told us here on Zoomer Radio, and I know even after 75 years, it's, it must be beyond painful to describe. Is this the way you tell the story to the children that you speak to?
2: Well, I speak to students at elementary school, high school. I speak to universities on a yearly basis. I speak to uh, municipal police. I speak to provincial police. ICMP, the military. I travel from coast to coast. I go on the March of the Living every year. I work with the Wiesenthal Center. I go with their groups to um, Poland uh, to uh, see the camps and uh, Germany. And uh, I've been doing this for 26 years. And I published my story. Uh, my book was launched last. April, and the title is By Chance Alone, and, you know, in so many ways, it was truly by chance alone that I managed to survive, and I want to tell you an interesting story. Uh, so when my book was launched, <clears throat> a month later, I had a phone call, and this fellow told me that his name is Josh Eisen, and uh, from New York, and he said, you know, I saw your book on Amazon. I bought it. I read the story and said, you know, we are cousins. Really? And he said, I'm coming to Toronto. I'm bringing a family tree. And the next day it was in Toronto. You see, uh, I knew his grandfather. His grandfather's name was David Eisen. He came to visit us when we became Hungarians. My grandfather was the eldest of the siblings. My grandfather had seven siblings. And six of them emigrated to the States in 1920 and 21. I didn't know this. So here is Josh bringing a family tree. And it was amazing to know that from my entire European family, my paternal and maternal family of over 60 people only of us survived. I had a cousin from each side. They're both passed away now. So Josh is an amazing guy. He's 46 years old, and Josh and I are second cousins. We have the same great-grandfather, Jacob Eisen. So Josh brought the seven tribes of of my great-grandfather together in Manhattan in July, and we had a meeting of the tribes. Ninety-eight people came, and not all of them were there. There was another 20 that couldn't make it. So that was truly by chance alone, you know. Had I not written this book, he would have never found out about me. I would have never found out about him. So this was truly, uh, as they say, it was, what is it, how would I say it? In, in Yiddish is a word, the shared it was sort of uh, predetermined or mm-hmm. what, some, something of that sort. So this is what I do. And um, I think this is my sixth Freedom Day, and it's amazing. These students, a lot of them are are heard me speak in their schools. I know many of the teachers. I have thousands of letters from students. I wish I could read you some letters.
1: Max, uh, we will definitely talk with you again. Um, thank you for sharing your story. We're coming to the end of the program. Okay. You're a true inspiration, and um, I thank you for your time and for reliving some extremely painful memories.
2: Thank you. I just want to tell you that Zuma is my, the only station I listen to in, in my heart. Thank you very much. My favorite station.
1: We are honored thank to you. have you as a listener. Thank you.
2: Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Libby, will be back tomorrow. I hope you were inspired by that story as much as I was. Um, a big thank you to fill-in producer Mary Newman, technical producers Nathaniel Davidson and Mirna Trogelich.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.